Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Ciara Morgan is the owner of Empowered Beginnings located in Austin, Texas. She is a wife and mother of two children, a 12-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. She's a birth and postpartum doula, hypnobirthing childbirth educator, and pediatric sleep consultant. Ciara was so empowered by the birth of her son that it sparked her to become a birth worker and start her own company. Ciara, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So for those listening, you can actually hear our first interview if you scroll back to episode five. In that episode, Ciara shares how she integrated sleep consulting into her postpartum doula business, which was an awesome conversation. Uh, But today I wanted to bring her on to discuss how to best set boundaries, both with our clients and with ourselves as we navigate entrepreneurship. Uh, Ciara, I think before we get deep into this topic, it would help if you shared a little bit about your journey, how you got into birth and postpartum work and how that morphed into starting an agency and now offering sleep consulting services. So give us a rundown, share your story. Sure. So I have a 12-year-old daughter and I have a four-year-old son. And with the birth of my 12-year-old, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't do a whole lot of pre-planning. So with the birth of my son, I was very like, I don't want to be in a hospital. I don't want an IV. That was actually my main motivation was I didn't want an IV. So I knew I couldn't be in the hospital. Um, so my husband's like, well, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do? So I said, well, I guess we're going to do hypnobirthing because I was actually a huge skeptic, but I had an aunt that had done it three times by the time I had my son. I was like, I guess there's something to this. So I read the book and I was like, oh my gosh, this is science. This is chemical reactions in the brain. I had thought it was just some you know, I can't even do yoga without making a grocery list in my head. So I figured I would never be able to do hypnobirthing and I loved it. So I became a um, hypnobirthing educator around when my son was about a year and three months. I flew out to Florida for a four day intensive training, came back and I hit the ground running. At that point, I was a project coordinator with a civil engineering firm here in a little outskirt of Austin, Texas. And I was working while my son, uh, after my son was born, I only worked about four hours a day. I worked from like eight to 12 and my stepdad would watch him while I was working and that was serving me okay. But I really kind of hated that in the summer when my daughter was home from school, I was always having to make sure that uh, I had a babysitter or, you know, they went to grandpa's house every morning and then kind of the rest of our day was shot because we get home and blah. And so When I got home from training, I started taking one birth a month and soon I realized I'm turning away work and actually two births a month would replace my part-time income at the civil engineering firm. And I am really glad that I did have the background with that firm because I ended up uh, being really good at the back-end stuff. I was really good at the contracts and the managing the projects because that's what I was doing. So I then about a year into it was turning away even more work because I was still only taking two births a month after I quit my day job. And 
people kept saying, you need to add duels to your team. You need to add duels to your team. I was like, I don't know if I want to be this big old business owner. I was just fine with it being me. But I realized that that was a little bit selfish because there are people out there that need help that aren't finding the people they need. And there are other people who want to just work for an agency. They don't want to do all the backend stuff. So a couple of my doulas don't even want to take their own clients. They just like working for me and they're okay paying kind of the agency off the top because that means that they don't have to do the stuff that they're not great at. That's not their zone of genius. And I kind of find the back end work uh, peaceful sometimes. I, I really kind of like that computer work. So um, then I added doulas to my team postpartum and birth. And eventually I added pediatric sleep consulting because I figured it was just such an awesome way to continue serving the exact same clients. I already had the clients. I just had a new service I could offer to them. And when I did that, uh, we just got to stay with the same people for even longer, which was great. So that's kind of the, you know, in the last three and a half years, that's how it's evolved. And I never, ever dreamt that it could be what it is at this point. This was not my goal. (laughs) I far exceeded my goal accidentally. I think that people who really sort of like kill it in business, and when I say kill it, I don't even necessarily mean financially, like sometimes that's a byproduct, but you know, people who are killing it in business, they're just lit up by their own work. And I can, I can see that in your face when you're telling the story, we're going to just be audio for this podcast, but I'm watching you tell your story. And I can just see like the excitement and the passion that you have in your work. And I think that that's sort of what leads to this massive growth is like, you just can't help yourself. It's just so damn fun. It's just so damn exciting. The one next, what's the next thing, right? Um, But when you're when you're living in that space, where you're so excited about your work, and you're so passionate about what you're doing, how do you set a boundary? How do you how do you like put those bumpers up, and decide when enough is enough? And when I say enough is enough, I don't mean like, stop taking on more work. But I just mean like, setting parameters so that you don't drive yourself insane. What does that look like? Or your family insane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because so kind of the joke in my house is, you know, my husband will go away for a work weekend at the land where he hunts and it's not hunting season yet, but they go and they prepare the land. And it's like four times a year he goes away for the weekend and I'll be like, okay, my turn next, you know, like, where am I going to get to go for the weekend? And he goes, oh, you did last weekend. Like, uh, no, sir. I was at a birth on Saturday. That does not count as an away weekend. He goes, you weren't here. And it's kind of our joke. I'm like, yeah, but I was working. So it's hard when your hobby is your work because you enjoy doing it. So guess who ends up sitting up on their computer in bed watching Married at First Sight in the background and working on sleep plans at 930 at night? Me, because it's actually a decompression for me. I enjoy doing it. So it is really difficult to find that boundary where I'm not just always working 24 seven. My daughter is very big on going, mom, you're on your phone again. And I'm glad that she verbalizes it because sometimes it does put me in check. And other times I'm like, I'm replying to somebody who has a baby that can't get down for a nap. And you want that pool that I'm building in the backyard? Cool. Then you're going to have to deal with me texting this person right now. Right. Or we're in bed at night watching our show. And she's like, mom, and I'll, I, all I now have to say is sleep consulting. And she'll be like, okay. <laughs> like I ha- she has to know that I'm not just texting a friend, right? It, it, the, that matters to her. Um, and my husband does sometimes wish that I had a job where I had more boundaries. 
But at the beginning, I feel like we're really bad at setting boundaries because we're just trying to grow. And when you're trying to grow, it's hard to do that because you don't want to lose business by setting that, right? Um, you know, even my husband's business, you know, the pest control company. And I remember when we first started dating and I was so annoyed that he would keep his ringer on even at 11 o'clock at night. My clients should not get to call you at 11 o'clock. And he's like, Sierra, if somebody needs a raccoon trapped in their attic at 11 PM, like I need the work, I'm going to go. I thought that was so annoying. And I didn't understand it until I was a business owner. And now I'm like, uh, somebody wants a, a discovery call. And I have 15 minutes in the car to go pick my daughter up on a Sunday evening from her cousin's house. And I'm going to be in the car from 5.15 to 5.30. And I'm like, I have a 5.15 opening today and they'll take it. And here I am just, I would have been in the car anyway. So that kind of stuff is really, it, it works. And um, it's hard, but it's hard because like, you're not setting that boundary, but it's like, because you want to be doing it, right? Like yeah. you don't want to take yourself away from the stuff that you really enjoy. I really identify with that. I my like weird time that I struggle with this is when my kids get home from school, because, you know, I have all day to do work without interruption. And I go not all day. I mean, I go to get them at 320. So it's not a full day, right? Right. Uh, but I go get them at 320 ish, and I bring them home and they're immediately hungry for dinner. So I like feed them an early dinner and then they want to decompress for half an hour or 45 minutes. So they're watching TV and I can like get something done. But then all of a sudden they, they want to play. They, and we just got a ping pong table in the basement. And, you know, my son wants to like go and play ping pong. And actually I love that activity because I really can't be on my phone and play ping pong at the same time. True. Right. So that is our time now that like, that is my boundary. Like after the kids have eaten dinner and they've watched a little bit of TV and they've chilled out for a little bit, we all go down to the basement and I have to like put my phone down or in my pocket. And I play ping pong. I'm like, I'm not yeah. distracted. And I will play an entire game to 21 points without checking my phone. And then I'll say like, I need a break. I need a minute. I actually do need a minute. I get dizzy, like watching that ping pong <laughs> ball go back and forth. I'm like, I actually need a break. But, but you know, that's, that's my newest boundary is like, that is our time. And then when the kids go upstairs and they start showering and getting ready for bed, then I have a few more minutes to like check in. And that's usually bedtime for my clients. So like I'm texting mm -hmm. with them as my kids are showering and that works well, but it's really hard in the beginning when you don't want to miss a thing. You don't want to miss yeah. a thing. And that's, I think that that's understandable and that, you know, yeah. that drive to like push the boundaries I think is what makes a successful entrepreneur because you have to be willing to work harder than other people, right? Like that's to some degree, like that's what makes the people who are the best, the best is like, they're willing to do what other people aren't. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Cause that just, that what you just said combines two of two of the things that I was going to say, and it actually relates back. So I, my newest boundary is I am not going to reply to anything while I'm in my workout. I've been doing this new hot works workout that gym just opened in our area and they even have 15 minute workouts. They're really short or they have like a 40 minute and I will be in there and I, I wear my watch because I want to know how many calories I'm burning and like what my heart rate is. Right. And, but my, my watch is just vibrating almost the whole time with text messages from, and that's, you know, not just sleep consulting, that's birth doula work, that's postpartum, that's my, my doulas that are on my team asking me questions or somebody requesting payment or, 
you know, whatever, whatever that is. I have, I wear many hats or my daughter. It, I have a new boundary for my daughter too. I'm not replying while I'm in my workout. So after when I get out, I have stupid 30 messages or something insane, but I used to sit there in like a yoga pose in Hotworks, sitting there reading my watch and then go, Oh, I've got to reply to this one. And now I'm like getting out of the hot sauna, letting cold air in. This is not serving me. My mind is still being pulled in a thousand directions. And so there, there's a, you know, every three months or so they come up with a new video. The one that I'm doing, the place that I go is just back-to-back loops in the same room, in different rooms of workout. And so there's this new one and the girl who's teaching it says, you got to do what most people won't to have the things that most people don't. So that's basically what you just said. And so in the beginning, when you're, when you're starting your business, I think it's okay to push boundaries sometimes. And you don't even know what your boundaries need to be until you cross them. And you're like, well, this isn't serving me. Right. Um, I don't love to do interviews for birth doula work late at night after my kids go to bed, or at least after my son goes to bed, because then that's my time with my daughter. And then she gets a short end of the stick. And then after that, I'm really tired and I'm not my best self. So, you know, me and my co-doula, Samantha, we've been saying lately, like, let's try not to do nighttime interviews, which is hard because we just pushed one interview. Yeah, Yeah. We just pushed one interview until next week on Friday. That's a long time. She could hire another doula between now and then. But we're finally at the point in our business where like somebody else will come along. And if they can't wait to talk to us, that's okay. Like we need to stop stretching ourselves so thin. So you might not know what those boundaries are yet. But as you start feeling like things are overwhelming, you're going to find what those things are and kind of take a little bit of a step back. I love that you said you you said that like certain things aren't serving you in your business anymore. And I think that that's a great way to sort of form those boundaries. Uh, the few that I can think of off the top of my head for me are when I first started my business, I would I would do a two week sleep consulting package for my clients. And my rule with phone calls was like, they kind of could have as many phone calls as they wanted as long as they schedule them. So they couldn't just like call me at random hours, but they could use the link and like hop onto my calendar for a call. And when I was first getting started, I didn't have a ton of clients. I wasn't doing anything else other than this. My kids were in school a full day. I had the time on my calendar, so it was fine. But then very quickly, I got very busy and that wasn't sustainable. I couldn't talk to all of my clients every single day or even a few times. Like it just, it literally didn't work anymore. And and I also wasn't enjoying it because I felt like we would have these recaps and these rehashings (laughs) over and over and over again, it wasn't serving them and it wasn't serving me. So I put up a boundary. We do now we do a kickoff call in the beginning. We do a wrap up call at the end. Um, If they need a call somewhere in the middle, I'm never going to say no to that, but it's not a part of the outlined plan. Um, And that's working so much better for me. It also allows me to do business development and things for my family, go grocery shopping without being stuck on a phone call when I want to be doing the things that I want to be doing. So that was a big one for me. Um, I also stopped supporting families on the West Coast because I am, I'm like an early bird. I like to wake up early. I'm tired early at night. Like I cannot be up at midnight texting with a client. It's just not, 
it doesn't serve me. As you said, um, I just cannot do it. I'm not a good candidate for that. I am asleep by 930 at night. So, you know, my clients, my former clients who are on the West Coast, they're putting their kids to bed at, you know, if it's eight o'clock at night, we're just getting started. And it's 11 o'clock for me, I cannot do that. I'm not cut out for it. So I do not take clients on the West Coast anymore. And that's, that's a boundary that's served me really, really well. And it's allowed me to grow because I can take on the business that makes me happy, that lights me up, that I'm excited to do. When you start resenting your work, uh, it's really hard to stay motivated, I think. Yeah. I, that's funny because I'm kind of the opposite. I really like to take California clients. I had somebody in Texas that keeps recommending me to people and she has a lot of friends in California. And then those friends are recommending me to friends. So now I have quite a few California clients and I'm in Texas. And so, but I kind of like it because they're putting their kids to bed around seven or eight. And then my daughter goes to bed at nine and she's like, totally doesn't need me by nine 30. And so then I'm in my wind down time and they usually don't need me past, you know, their eight o'clock mark. Um, and I kind of do the, okay, well, you know, keep doing this. You guys are doing a great job. And then I really don't like stay with them all the time until their baby is asleep. And maybe that's just for a few nights. So I'm okay with it. And then I kind of like that they don't really need me or they don't want to chat with me until after 7 a.m. their time, which is great for me because my son goes to school at nine. So then I'm able to be a little bit more present on yeah. my phone. Uh, so that's so, kind of So it's what, we're, it's what works for you, right? Yeah. Um, and you said the thing about also you're, you're not doing all those phone calls anymore, which my heart sunk when you were like, oh, I used to do all these phone calls. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? <laughs> but when when you were saying that, I was thinking, do you know how much I copy and paste? Like you start saying the same things to the same clients and you can just edit a couple little things, make notes on your phone and you can just patch things in. And yeah. that's so nice. Yeah, I do. I do a little bit of that. I have like some mantras, but they're all sort of like the things that I say over and over again are yeah. like so short. I don't know that I would need to copy and paste them, but, oh. but yeah, it, it, it's, it, it really, I think is so important to show up for your clients and be happy that you're there to support them, you know, yeah. and when you're resenting the work, you know, other examples that I can think of, I, I don't know about you, but like, I used to work a lot more on vacations than I do now. Um, I just went away with my family for like an end of summer vacation. And I am so proud of myself. I literally did not take on a client. I think we were leaving on a Thursday. I didn't, take on any new clients that whole week. So like Monday through Thursday, I didn't start with anybody new because I didn't want the like fresh beginning to be happening while I was on vacation, you know? Yeah. So anybody that I was working with, I had already been working with them for like over a week. So they were in good shape and it was mm -hmm. just sort of checking in and pleasantries and maintenance at that point. And that is something that I would not have done a few years ago, a few years yeah. ago, if somebody wanted to hire me and, you know, they wanted to start on a Saturday night and I had my brother's wedding, I would have said, yes, like, you know, right. and now I just, I don't do that anymore. And, and I think it's, I think it serves both us as business people. And it also serves our clients, right? Our clients deserve to have us like fresh and excited and ready to do the work. And, and if we're not, then that's really hard. Yeah. I think that that's really great. I think that 
in the beginning, it is really hard to not start on a day that's not convenient for you because you're like, I just need the work or not even, even, not even if it's a monetary thing, it's just, you want the experience, right? Some people do this as kind of a hobby or a side hustle where they're not having to make $3,000 a month. Maybe they just need one client a month, but they want the experience. and, And there's so much more than monetary exchange. They want somebody to be able to refer out to them which is huge. That's how most of my, my income comes in is people referring me. So I think that for anybody listening that is new in this business, don't feel bad if your boundaries are a little all over the place right now, and you're going to figure out what those need to be. And then you'll slowly, but surely be able to pull back in certain areas and you'll find what those things are, or find a mentor that's been doing it a little bit longer so that you can ask them like, you know, what are the top things or whatever? Um, or this is what's going on. How, how did you handle this? Cause there's so many one-offs, right? So just do what you're doing and you'll pull back a little bit eventually. And, you know, Jane's much further than I am in this whole deal. I'm, you know, not as far in by any means as you are Jane, but so you're a little bit further in your boundaries. I think I still might take a client even when I was on vacation for them to start. Um, I was actually going to be doing that tomorrow night. I'm going on a little camping weekend with my family and I have somebody starting with me uh, tomorrow night. So okay. I'm okay So maybe with next that. year, maybe next year you won't right. do that. Right, maybe next year I won't, but I really, you know, I'm trying to pay for this pool that I decided I wanted to build. So I have my goals and I got to get there. <laughs> so yeah, I took the yeah. client. Um. How do you think that boundary setting helps your clients be more successful? I've noticed that when I um, when I give a little bit of space, that actually positions my clients to thrive, right? Do you notice that? I would imagine you see that in your postpartum doula work as well as your sleep consulting work. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I see it in all of those facets, I think. Um, you know, when Here's a, a specific thing. It's so hard to be there for someone all day. Like you say you're available from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever you as an individual say you're available for. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to respond right away all of those times. And I used to think that that's what I needed to do because I'm a hypnobirthing educator also. Well, I'm in class for two and a half hours and some of that I'm in a hypnosis with people. So I can't be replying to text messages. And I was like, man, are they going to want to hire me if I say that on Tuesday nights for two and a half hours, I'm unavailable? And so I wasn't really saying that because I would just try to make it work. And I text them on a little break or whatever in class. But then I started getting a lot of text messages while I was driving. I was like, well, I can't text them right now, right? You know, I'm in the car for 30 minutes and I have to get to my next appointment. I can't stop and text them. So then I reminded people, I started doing, you have to boundary set with your clients from the jump in that launch call or in that discovery call, be like, I'm available during these hours. But of course, as a reminder, if you know I'm in the shower or I'm driving or I'm giving my kiddo a bath, I won't be able to reply right away, but that's okay because nothing's the be all end all. If I can't answer you right this second, we always have a chance on the next nap or on the whatever. Um, so I think that it is difficult to do that in the beginning. And you don't really, again, you don't know what you don't know. So I didn't know I needed to set that boundary with people in the beginning. But I find that when they're given a little bit of space, they start solving problems a little bit more on their own. So as an example, I tell people, 
in our launch call, for the first week, I'm just going to answer your questions. When you have a question, I'm going to answer it. And then I send a text at the one week mark. And I'm like, hey, we've made it to a week. I'd love a check-in from you. What do you think we have done really well? Like, What goals have we already met? And what do you want to see improve in the next week? And then I say also a reminder to reread your sleep plan because it's hard after a week. Sometimes we forget little details and you feel so rude as a sleep consultant when you're like, well, here's a screenshot of your sleep plan and I'm circling a little (laughs) part, but I'm not going to sit there and type it all out again. I already did that. So I tell them, reread your sleep plan just for a refresher. And as a reminder for this next week, I will answer your questions. But if you ask me something, I'm first going to ask you. What do you you think? think? Yeah. Because my goal is by the end of the two weeks, you don't need me. I think they're really surprised to hear that they want me to not, like, I don't want them to need me, but that's same in postpartum doula work. We try to work ourselves out of a job and not all postpartum doulas do that, but actually the, uh, one of the most awesome people that I know in Austin is a doula trainer. And she always says, we're the scaffolding. We are the scaffolding to help them get to their goals. And then we want to pull the scaffolding down and walk away so that they're good on their own. And that is how I feel with sleep consulting. That's how I feel with postpartum doula work. That doesn't really as much go into birth work because I am with them, supporting them in the moment all the time during their labor. But um, I think that's really important that we set them up for success afterward and they need space to do that. So I think that that's spot on. I think it makes our clients better parents when we give them the space to like try and navigate these sometimes tricky and stressful situations on their own, even if it's just like a 20 minute window where you're driving and you can't help them, right? Um, They figure it out or they just like survive the moment and they realize that they got through it and that they were okay without you. And I think that that's really important. My next thought, I was thinking about how, you know, setting these boundaries has helped us as entrepreneurs be more successful And I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but what immediately comes to mind for me is that, you know, when I do set my clients up for success and I, I do ultimately remove that scaffolding, as you said, it really empowers parents to feel really proud of themselves, really great about the work that they've done both like with me and then on their own. And then I think that's where the referral comes from. Right. Yeah. Don't you think the referral actually comes from them feeling successful, not like how much help we gave? It's it's more about like their transformation. Right. So when they have this like huge mind blowing transformation to the way that they parent, the way that they operate, whatever it may be, like that's where the referral comes from. It's not like, oh, Jane's so helpful. She's so great. It's not that. It's like, Jane changed my life. Like I'm a better parent because I worked with Jane, right? Do you do you find that to be true? Yeah, and I find, you know who I found that most to be true with, which is so funny because we always say it's really hard to work with people who are attachment parenting because they have these views of sleep consulting. And I recently worked with a family who does attachment parenting and they were very serious about it's okay for my baby to cry, but they're not going to cry alone. And that was their big thing. They're like, I will be in there while he's crying and that's fine. And so at the end of it though, the mom was like, I want to, you know, I'm going to get kicked out of my attachment parenting groups because I keep wanting to tell people like, you don't have to be struggling and suffering. You can do this while attachment parenting And she goes, and you helped us do that. Thank you so much for being willing. And the dad was really big on this too. He's like, thank you so much for being willing to meet me, meet us where we are and not put your own goals on our kiddo, but to help us meet our goals for our kiddo. 
and answer their questions. And sometimes it's just telling them they're already doing it right. And sometimes it's the smallest tweaks, but they needed somebody else to tell them they were doing it right to know, yeah, I'm on the right track and to have the confidence to continue on that track. So she she goes, I'm just going to start DMing people when I see them in these attachment parenting groups complaining about they don't want their kid in their bed or whatever. And everyone else is like, you have to have your kid in your bed. That's the best thing for them. And then she goes, I'm just going to send them DMs and send them your information. So she was, she was really empowered. She was really empowered. And it felt so good for her. And you met her where she was, you operated within her boundaries, right? If we're going to sort of like continue the theme of boundaries, like that was her firm boundary. And, and the reason for why you were successful with her is because you didn't go outside of the parameters of her comfort zone, which I think is awesome because we can all make changes regardless of how we choose to parent, you know, um, just because we have firm beliefs on how we parent, that doesn't mean that we can't make changes for the better when we're struggling. Well, and I went into that one thinking, I don't know how much progress we're going to make because they want to be in there the whole time. It brings me back to thinking about one of the posts that you made recently about somebody who was just like in there the whole time and their baby was crying more than they would have if they would have just left. This baby actually did really well with his parents being in there. And afterward, I she even said, I know we didn't get as far as we would have if we used other methods, but that's okay with us. We are okay with it taking longer. And I think reasonable expectations are important because I knew she had reasonable expectations. I felt comfortable supporting them. If they had been like, I want you to work all your magic, but do it my way. I can't necessarily do that because all of the methods are going to work at a different pace and all babies are going to work at a different pace. So um, yeah, they felt really, really great about it at the end. And I did too. Yeah, I think it all goes back to the fact that like, when you really are operating, I guess it's both like within your own parameters for business and like things that you're passionate about, and you're you're sort of operating within your own bumpers or boundaries. And then you're also supporting parents within their boundaries. Um, that's when you're really, I think, positioned to like be successful all around, right? It positions us to grow as entrepreneurs. It positions our clients to have success and, and then you get the referrals and then you grow. And what a great thing to have boundaries with our clients and show them that we're having our boundaries and that it's, that's such an example of they're allowed to have boundaries with their children as well. If you're going to the bathroom or you're taking a shower and your baby is crying, they are choosing to cry right now but you still have to do what you are going to do. Just like if you were driving in the car, you can't just pull over every time they cry and soothe them. When you put them back in that car seat, they're going to cry again. So I feel like we're just giving an example of what we're asking them to do, which is it's okay to be an autonomous person and be by yourself for a little minute. And if your kiddo's not happy with it, they're choosing not to be, but. I love that analogy. Um, Before we wrap up, I'd love to ask you, if you have, I always like to talk about goals on this podcast, because it's all about sort of like the business side of what we do. Uh, I'm curious if you have goals for like future boundaries that you'd like to set for yourself. Um, And then if you have any just like goals for your business in the next few years, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Future boundaries, I could still be better at not just replying all the time very quickly. Uh, I do need to give myself a little bit more strict protocol on that. I think I I do things very late at night sometimes, but again, sometimes that feeds me. Sometimes I need that. And that's actually a decompress for me. So I just need to find where that line is sometimes. And 
for my business, that one's really hard for me because ultimately I would love to just be able to work virtually. I think that that would be really great. I would love to be able to have enough sleep clients where I just don't have to do anything outside of the house. Really. Um, I can be making dinner and replying to text messages, but then my passion is birth. I really, really love birth. So even if I had a thousand sleep clients a month, I still wouldn't be able to say no to birth. Um, so, you know, I'm working on that. I, I have a really hard time setting that goal because I don't ever want to be out of the birth room. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Love that. Uh, where can everybody find you? Share website, social media, whatever you want to share. Sure. My website is www.empoweredbeginningsatx.com. My Facebook is Empowered Beginnings ATX. And my Instagram is Empowered Beginnings ATX underscore doula. We didn't even talk about boundaries with regard to social media today. That is going to have to be a whole nother conversation for a whole other day, right? Oh, man. Yes. We'll save that. But thank you for um, being on the show. And it's always a pleasure chatting with you. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jane. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.